Welcome to today's Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. I'm your host, Dory DiCarlo, and you know we are here week after week, show after show, breaking those myths that mompreneurs and businesswomen, especially those of us building our businesses from home, that we're just dabbling in between bake sales and getting our nails done, we're not. We are smart, we are savvy, and we are sharing the wisdom of women in business and in life. And I'm looking forward to sharing today's guest with you. Author, educator, and parent, Barbara Ann Mojica provides tools to inspire, entertain, and educate youth. History is the key to solving today's problems. Tired of being bombarded by social media noise? Accept the challenge. Be a truth teller. Barbara Ann is an MA, SAS, SDA, and historian and retired educator. Her education career spans more than 40 years of serving as a teacher, special educator, principal, and school district administrator. Using the whimsical Little Miss History character to narrate her book series, she makes learning history a fun-filled adventure. Barbara firmly believes if you don't know your history, you don't know what you're talking about. I love that, history being one of my favorite subjects. So with all that being said, Barbara, welcome to Word of Mom Radio. Thank you very much, Dory. It's a pleasure to be here, and I appreciate the invitation to share with your listeners today. Oh, I really look forward to it. So I would love for you to take us on your journey from educator to principal, administrator, and now author to bring history to light. Okay, well, my journey started pretty much nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, I was born to a family of fairly limited means. We didn't have a car. We didn't have the opportunity uh, to do much traveling. And I was always very determined to change that for myself. College really wasn't going to be in the cards for me because my parents didn't have the resources, but I was very, very fortunate in that I had a teacher in high school who picked me up and said, Barbara, you've got to go to college. And I said, well, I don't know how I'm going to do that. And she said, there is an opportunity for you. If you have the grades, you'll be able to do it and you just have to go. So I asked her, how am I going to do that? At the time, there was a, uh, this was in uh, New York City. I grew up um, in Queens. And at the time, there was a program for students in New York City. Uh, The the city colleges were open admission based on your grades. So I worked like a beaver. I took all the supplementary courses I needed to meet the college entrance requirements. And I was able to get into college that way. Uh, And then I was very fortunate once I got into college, I was like nonstop. I, I said, well, here I am, I've made it. So I finished college in three years and I met 
teachers during the summer who were, unbeknownst to me, impressed with my enthusiasm and my work. One of those professors put my name in for a scholarship for graduate school. And I got a scholarship to continue history in graduate school. So I finished graduate school and here I am at age 20 getting into graduate school. And by age 21, I had finished my master's. And what am I going to do with my life? Now, I loved history. And I also loved people. I, I really loved research and history, but I didn't want to be one of these people sitting in the ivory tower, never connecting with people. So I decided to go into teaching. So there I was. Uh, I went into teaching. I loved it. And I worked in elementary schools on all, all different grade levels for 20 years. But then I realized there's something wrong with our educational system. There's so many kids whose needs aren't being met. So I went back to school and uh, got a degree and cert certification in special ed. So I started working with special needs kids. And this was a whole different world for me. I worked with preschool special education kids that were so many different needs, autism, crack cocaine babies, fragile X syndrome, physical disabilities. And I learned so much by working with a multidisciplinary staff, speech therapists and PTs and OTs. It was just opening this entire new aspect of education to me. And then I became the director of the school. I became a principal of that special ed school. And I worked at that. I had to coordinate curriculum. I had to work with people. I had to train, do trainings. And I became a manager in, in essence. Uh, I worked with so many parents who who had so many needs uh they they worked so hard with their kids but their kids were so needy and it, it you know it, it was just so much to take in but I loved it you know I worked like 10 or 12 hours a day and I loved it and then an opportunity came about to become uh, an administrator with the New York City Board of Education. And I did that for a while. I, at, in that role, I was able to work on finding placement for kids, evaluating them, finding out exactly what they need, working with the parents, and then finding placement for them that would be appropriate to meet their needs. So I had kind of made the journey and, and there I had kind of really achieved my goal of being able to tailor an education to each kid with with what they need. And there was so much reward in seeing those kids make progress. Um, so that's what I uh, what I was doing. And uh, when I finally did retire, I decided I wanted to combine all my passions and go back to history. Uh, I see history as so important. I see it as so neglected in our schools today. And the role of history and citizenship is, is almost absent. It's really not taught until the high school level today. And then it's minimal. You know, it, it's uh, a, a one-stop shop, throwing everything into one course. And okay, here's what you need to know without allowing students to be able to understand anything in depth at all you know just pass the test and 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 that's it and then forgotten 
forgotten five minutes after, after taking the test. So um, I write these books now for children in uh, elementary and middle school, and I want them to appreciate who they are, how they got here, because you can't understand. History is really understanding us, understanding our families, understanding our cultures and communities. And we can't possibly understand how we got to today if we don't know what happened to bring us there. And then from that, we can use that knowledge to hopefully develop a plan or a framework to do things better in the future. So that's my aim uh, with my book series. I, I want to develop those critical thinking skills in kids and make up for the gaps uh, that are in our schools and uh, help parents and teachers with as many tools as I can to help bring those kids along and to, and to encourage them to do the same. And there are so many things that parents can do because parents, of course, are the first teachers uh, of our children. And so much of what our children become is molded in them before they even get to school. So uh, I want to help parents as much as I can with any tool that I can give them to develop these kinds of uh, strategies and and. Uh, help their children to become critical thinkers, which will allow them to become our leaders of tomorrow, which of course they will be. With that being said, with everything that is going on in certain states, how are you feeling about the fact that they're trying to rewrite history, reframe history, the idea of calling slavery involuntary relocation because you might make kids feel uncomfortable. My mind is blown with that because I've always loved history. And to me, the more you know about history, the less likely you are to repeat. Thank you. So I'm serious. As a historian, Barbara, how's your brain dealing with all of this? My brain is not happy with it. And I'm fighting against it. I work with what there are so many groups who are trying now to combat this. And um, I did a lot of work with one of those groups. I worked with No Left Turn in education and I helped them uh, develop some curriculum resources for parents that parents could use to combat that books that would get their kids on the right track as opposed to the wrong track. And I'm very active in that. Uh, I, I keep track of what's going on. You know, there are a parents group like Parents for Liberty, and uh, th- there are so many of these parent groups. And I'm very active and involved with them, uh, you know, keeping track of schools that are doing things that are just, you know, destroying our history. I'm Not only that, not only destroying the history and trying to rewrite it, but dividing kids, you know, saying, well, you're either oppressed or you're an oppressor, uh, trying to make us enemies of each other instead of the Americans that we all are, no matter what our individual family culture no matter what our individual family religion or non-religion, whatever it might be, we are all Americans and we should all be working 
to make our country a better place for all of us, not dividing us and trying to tear down what we have spent almost 300 years building. So I, I'm very active in all of that. And in, not only in my books, where I tell kids about some of the people that have been forgotten in history, and I don't hesitate to point out the wrongs. In my very first book about Mount Rushmore, we talk about Mount Rushmore. We talk about the four presidents who are sculpted on Mount, history, Mount Rushmore. We go back and we talk about how it was built, you know, the 40 years that it took to build it, how, how they, the workers struggled every day to climb up 503 steps, getting the materials up there. But we also talk about how the land was taken from the Lakota Sioux unjustly and how the Sioux Nation is now building their own monument the Crazy Horse Memorial, and we, what I uh, what I do is I ask the kids, do you think we should have one monument? Do you think we should have two monuments? How how should we deal with the Native American rights? I talk about the UN, and I talk about how there's a group in the UN advocating for Native American rights. So I bring up issues like this in all of my books. I talk about people who were forgotten in history, like Alonzo Swan, who was one of the heroes on the USS Intrepid. And he, at the time, of course, during World War II, there were segregated units in the military. So he was part of a, a group of 22 black gunners on the ship. He and those gunners remained at their post during kamikaze, Japanese uh, suicide plane attacks, and uh, largely saved the ship from, from sinking. He was given a bronze star. He was one of the few survivors of that group, but he didn't think that was right. And he advocated for the Naval Cross, which, which he truly deserved. And it was 50 years, but 50 years later, he was awarded that Naval Cross. So, you know, we talk about all kinds of things that, that kids probably aren't aware of, whether it be a literature, whether it be an explorer, whether it be a scientist, whether it be uh, civil rights. I bring up all of these issues. And again, I try to develop that critical thinking in kids. What do you think? How would you solve this problem? On that note, we're going to take a quick break. Think what Barbara's asking, because it's true. What do you think? We'll be back here in just a moment after saying thank you to our sponsors on Word of Mom Radio. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. And we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. In 2017, Unsilenced Voices was formed to help survivors of domestic abuse and gender-based violence worldwide. The organization currently serves Sierra Leone, Rwanda, Ghana, 
and the USA. In 2022, Unsilenced Voices gifted over $33,000 to survivors in the USA. And in Sierra Leone, there are over 26 young girls who have been rescued from sex trafficking and domestic abuse and now going through vocational training school in order to better their lives. We need your help. Donations are critical in order for us to continue our work. We also need volunteers to help with research and development. Please visit unsilencedvoices.org for more information. Don't let the name fool you. Stadiumbags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag so you know you come home safely. Check out stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice, because safety, it's in the bag. And we're back here on Word of Mom Radio with Barbara Ann Mojica. We are talking about history. I love history. I really, truly do. And I think what you are saying is so important because say whatever you want. We can't rewrite what has gone on. We have to understand it. I totally understand the feeling of not wanting Civil War monuments. They belong at Gettysburg and in the museums and in the fields where kids learn about history. But you know what? I will never understand what it is to sit in a park and look up at the name and it was somebody who owned your great-grandmother. Renaming things, I don't find anything wrong with that because I don't think we should glorify people that tried to tear our country apart. And even our forefathers, flawed individuals that they were, still had the understanding that as a nation, no one religion should rule, that there has to be that separation of church and state for a reason. When you talk about people making laws based on their morality, you have no right to hold a moral compass to anyone, you know, based on your religious beliefs. And this is part of the framework and the history of our country. Because, and again, the flawed individuals that they were, you know, they were kids. We forget this. We forget that they were in their 20s and 30s and teens even as this whole revolution was going on and this democracy experiment began. People forget that the U.S., even though we led the world and everything else, we're one of the youngest countries out there. Democracy is an experiment. And this is why we have to show how important it is to have free elections, how important it is to have the press. And whether it's part of the First Amendment and having the right to speech is the fact that somebody's got the right to say things that make your head spin because they have the right to say it. You know, that's part of free speech. You can't do things that are going to incite, but all you can do is seek your truth. They don't have the right to impose it Correct. on the rest of us. I agree. See, this is the whole thing. This is where we are as a nation now. And this is why history is so important. When you look at people taking things out of dictator handbooks, I mean, they're, they're just, it is so important for each one of us to exercise our right to vote, to not have those rights taken from us. 
But you know what? It's just as important to vote for who's the superintendent of schools. Exactly. And the mayor of your town, your local government. It doesn't start from the top down. It goes from the bottom up. And again, this is why history is so important. I know we were talking before and you were saying how your husband is an artist and he came up with Little Miss History. So kind of navigate us through how these books developed and what you do to bring history to light in a way that parents and kids can enjoy and learn from. Well, the character itself, my husband has done work with children's books in the past. He has, he had his own comic book series and he has worked doing cartooning as well. He still does a cartoon for a local news magazine that, and I write local history articles for that news magazine. But Little Miss History is based on a younger version of me. So she has these rose-colored glasses, which is a reflection of having an optimistic outlook, looking at the glass half full rather than the glass half empty. So she's always looking forward to something better. She's dressed in kind of a national park ranger outfit this kind of brown outfit so she looks like a explorer which reflects me who always wanted to travel which of which i did get to do i have been all over the world i was behind the iron curtain when things were still under communism um i went through checkpoint charlie i've been to china i i've explored oh, probably close to 30 countries and I, I've been pretty much through I've been through more than more than half of the states so I'm an explorer <laughs> and um I wear these hiking boots uh but but they're really based on my father's big feet that's <laughs> kind of no, another piece of me so she's kind of she looks like a cartoonish character because my husband has exaggerated the features so she wears these pigtails but she has big ears she's got the rose colored big glasses she's got the big hiking boots she's ready for adventure so that's how the character evolved um series uh we started with an iconic historical place mount rushmore because i thought it was very interesting for kids to know the history of the place not too many people know that there's a secret room behind the heads at mount rushmore we talk about that we talk about the difficulty of building it we also talk about the injustice of taking the land from the lakota sioux you know we talk about the native american rights we talk about the mount crazy horse monument what do kids think so that was the first book in the series from how did we put them together? We generally visit the site if it is a historical site. So uh, my books, you know, take in iconic places like the Statue of Liberty and Ellis Island. They also go to national park exploratory type of sites that have a lot of history associated with them. So they go to places like Sequoia National Park, where we talk about geology, science, the trees, the the Native Americans who led us to find it, and then the, the latter history. 
and the pollution that's there. So there's a lot of pollution there because of the San Joaquin Valley, the diesel freight trains, the, the smog, and the environment there can be very unhealthy to breathe. So then we get into environmental issues with kids. I have books like The North Pole, which is more international in focus. And that's an interesting one because when we go to the North Pole, we talk about the early explorers. Everybody knows about Admiral Perry, but not too many people know about Matthew Henson. Matthew Henson was actually the first African-American explorer. He's the one who did all the planning for these expeditions to the Arctic. He actually worked on 28 different expeditions. And he's really the hero behind the journey. So we talk about Matthew Henson, who's, again, one of those kind of forgotten people. Then we talk about all uh, of the countries. There are, you know, there are eight countries that claim territory in the, in the Arctic region. And we talk about why they're there. We talk about... Um, the unusual climate at the North Pole, the, the, the long days, the long nights, the, the lack of four seasons. And then, of course, we have to get into Santa Claus and we talk about how the whole story of Santa Claus evolved, the cartooning of Thomas Nest, who was the first one to name Santa Claus's home at the North Pole. And we get into the whole history with Coca-Cola and, and how the symbolism uh, and advertising influenced Santa Claus. We also talk about the night before Christmas and how everybody presumes that the night before Christmas was written, written by Samuel Clement Moore, but maybe not. There's a lot of controversy about that. It could have been Livingston who wrote, he was a poet who wrote stories for his children and was a friend of Clement Moore. And a lot of historians believe that it was actually Livingston who, who wrote Towards the Night Before Christmas. So we get into a little bit of literary controversy as well. So in that book, we talk about the eight different countries, the story of Santa Claus. We talk about the explorations and how they got there. We talk about the seasons and the climate of the North Pole. So that's an example of a book that has a lot of multidisciplinary issues and uh, thinking and problems for kids to get into solving or to go off on tangents and to learn more. Because what I like to do in all my books is to give them jumping off platforms, you know, just enough knowledge of a topic that they might want to go in and explore it further. Again, you know, developing those thinking skills. That's a great way to end this conversation because you know what? It should be so that they want to learn more. What would you like to leave our listeners with, Barbara, and how may they reach out to you? Well, I love to help uh, parents or teachers with any kind of resources I can give them. So in addition to my books, uh, I have a very active website uh, where I provide jumping off links uh, to whatever parents or teachers might want. So on my YouTube channel, if they go to my website, which is simply www 
littlemisshistory.com. They can find anything that they need. So I have a very active Pinterest board. They can go to my Pinterest board where I have probably thousands of pins uh, on curriculum, uh, on books, suggestions, on tips for parents, teachers, authors, all on the Pinterest board. I have my YouTube channel. I do teaching, mini teaching lessons. I call it the two-minute teacher because they're short. And I teach on all different topics, like what's the difference between a fact and an opinion, or I have a bunch of kids' history videos on there where they can go in and learn about various subjects. And um, my blog has book reviews for children, all ages, from infant up to young adult. And uh, I have tips on my blog as well, so they can click on my blog. And my social media channels, uh, you know, I have a, a a page for Little Miss History on Facebook. I have Instagram, LinkedIn, of course, as well. So if they go to littlemisshistory.com, they can click on any of those links. They can find out about the books. They can find anything they need. And I have an instant chat on there too. So they can either email me, simply barbara at littlemisshistory.com, or they can click on the chat and, and do an, an instant chat. And I'll try to help with uh, whatever resources I can give them. I encourage you to reach out to Barbara, because as she said, if you don't know your history, you don't know what you're talking about. So thank you so much, Barbara, for sharing your journey with us today here on Word of Mom Radio. I applaud what you are doing. I really do. So thank, thank you very you much. Thank you so much. I, My I, pleasure. I hope to get in touch with a lot of your listeners and I hope I'll be able to help them in some way. Me too. And for all of you tuning in, thank you so much for being here. We're going to close out with our fabulous theme song from Smith sisters and the Sunday drivers. So till next time, this is Dory DiCarlo saying, go out and create a marvelous you. Bye for now. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave, she is brave, she is bold, she is bold, she is you, she is you, she is you, she is you, she is sure, she is sure, she is strong, she is strong, she is true, she is true. She is brave, she is brave, she is bold, she is bold, she is you, she is you, she is you, she is you. Sure of herself, yeah, she takes care of biz, powerful and strong, yeah, she knows who she is, has integrity, woman strong and true. You know her by name. This woman is you. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is you. Adds value and hope. Has proved to be brave. Never too late, never time to behave. Reaching for dreams, doesn't matter the age. Believes in herself, unleashed from her cage. She is sure, she is sure, she is strong.